Hi, everyone. We are just popping in to say thank you to everyone that entered into our coffee giveaway. And congratulations to Emily, mm-hmm. not me, not Emily, <laughs> we don't know, one. for winning that giveaway. And what else was I going to say? I had other things. An announcement? Come on, there's, oh, oh, oh. I was going to say also, <laughs> thank you to, uh, we've had a couple of listeners send us some stuff. We got some just some fun goodies from Nosset Light, like pins and stickers and postcards. And um, we also had another listener make us a couple of lighthouses and a buoy um, with the 3D printer. And so they're like little desk ornaments. So yeah. very cool. Vince is working on a another guest that we might have on the pod yep. one of these of days. Yeah. A couple of them coming up. So we're just really thankful. Thank you to everybody who is interacting with us, um, liking our posts, and listening to our podcast. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Enjoy this episode covering The Rock. While we're getting started here, uh, I think this audio is all right. I'm going to start opening this bottle of wine. All right. Does that work for you? Yeah. So today. Uh-uh, you got to do the intro. How many? T- I don't know what the intro is. How? Here, let me let me hold on. See if I can think of it. Hi, everybody. I'm Vince, and I'm Emily, and this is the Lighthouse Lowdown. <laughs> is it you're it's, listening to? Huh? You're listening to what is the what is the what did I do wrong? No, no, it was good. I was just there's very few parts to the intro. It's, <sighs> Hi, everyone. You introduce yourself. I introduce myself, and then it's the lighthouse load. <laughs> well, everyone knows that we're authentic because I'm, every time it's time to do the intro, I'm like, "What is it?" I don't know. So I just came. I just came through with the. I, I like Muscle the high. I said hi. I'm Paul on one in yeah. the past because uh, I was jacked hi, on Paul. caffeine, and <laughs> you all got to be a part of that. Here's a sweet, sweet sound for you. Oh yeah. Could you hear that? Uh-uh. You can't hear that? Now it's not so sweet. I'm putting... I'm just ready for the thunk. Oh, yeah. You don't want to do that because that actually bruises the wine. <laughs> it does. Watch me do, do it. Do you think we're going to care that much about this one? Uh, yeah. This is local. <laughs> Watch us talk trash on this local winery. Well, that's in Herman, Missouri. I don't know where that's at. I don't either. I feel like I've heard of Herman maybe as a... Like a nice town to go to for B and B's and like a festival. Oh, it's not. Is that Weston? If they have a winery, I've heard of Herman. Then, yeah, it's like um, as fancy as you can get in Missouri. Maybe it's down by Lake of the Ozarks. I don't think it'll say on the bottle, but I'll look. Yeah, you don't want to. You don't want to pop the cork like that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you do. That's how you live. I smell that cork. Mm. Oh yeah, like, give me a little sniff of that. That's all I got. So this is oh. Endless Summer Winery. This is an elderberry wine. Elderberry, not Elda. Elda. Helgaberry. Um, <laughs> are we recording, by the way? Yeah. That's great. And <laughs> it's got a nice sunflower logo, which I enjoy. And the year is 2015, produced and bottled by Hoover Vintners, LLC of Herman, Missouri. So I, I say all this like it's sponsored, but it's not. Got this through work. Yeah. So. Uh, however, if anyone wants to sponsor us for wine, that'd be welcome as well. Usually we do coffee, as you've been a part of, everyone yeah. here knows. 
but today we're doing wine because it's after work. Yeah. After work, I'm usually too tired, but I'm going to rally. For our, I've noticed when I set my cups down during the podcast, uh. our hard desk transmits some of the sound. Yeah. So I've selected a couple of soft bottom uh, Yetis here. You know, I have some. As wine glasses. I have some uh, like floppy foam sheets and i could just cut a circle and we could put our drinks down on those yeah this is probably a sin I cannot for it. wine drinkers do you want this putting it in a tumbler putting wine in a tumbler i just want a very small amount I, the, from what i smelled one. it's not well my type of we wine. chilled it a little bit um oh <laughs> <laughs> on the nose it's a little uh pungent i'm getting yeah some fields of elderberry it is good it's um uh, it is good i'm surprised sorry endless summer it's pretty good it's a uh, very sweet but not sugary sweet it's literally berry sweet like uh it tastes like hanging out on a nice patio overlooking a field tastes like low alcohol content some dirt but smells like high alcohol content. Uh, it is. 12%. 12% alcohol. Nice. So, sorry for the big sidetrack, but that's welcome to the day. <laughs> welcome to the show. Is that your history buoy? or no, do we have more? I have history buoy. <laughs> First off, look at this PowerPoint I've presented for you all. The history buoy for today. Buoy. Buoy. Um, actually. Remind me of Pink Panther, the movie. I would like to buy... Uh, I'm back, yeah. History buoy. Oh. First off, shout out to this image. This it's is so clear. Yeah, this is near the uh, the Seward, Seward, Alaska. Oh, Alaska. Where I will be soon. But I found this uh, buoy. I forget what it's called. The the cove it's in. I kind of got Alaska vibes from its overcast skies. Half of the image is green trees and hills, and the other half is snow capped mountains gorgeous spectacular so i've forgotten i've officially forgotten where this is at I'm oh sorry. but it's near last <laughs> near seward it's not far and the reason it's on there is tied to our history buoy today okay history buoy is about the san francisco 49ers why have you ever heard of them yes okay well, i wasn't sure we don't watch <laughs> a lot of football <laughs> so san francisco 49ers is the pro NFL team of San Francisco. The team's name came from the California Gold Rush. Gold seekers came to San Francisco during uh, 1849. So 49ers comes from 1849 oh. Gold Rush uh, people, which I, in the research of this podcast, like this episode, I, I think I did six or eight hours of reading on tangents, and one of the tangents was the Gold Rush. So I want to show you something. I'm going to get better at controlling this. I touched on it very lightly in our East Brother Island episode. All right. I've already goofed up. So I have heard of the Oregon Trail, which is the north orange route there for those who are viewing. Uh, There's going to be a lot of photos. I have 31 slides, 31 photos. So this is more of a YouTube post than a podcast Sorry. post. <laughs> I'm, I'm biased. But we, we, we'll challenge ourselves and we'll describe all of these. Yeah. So folks have heard of the game Oregon Trail, which of course is named after the Oregon oh, yeah. Trail. You have died of dysentery. Mm-hmm. Always good news. And um, so the Oregon Trail is shown starting in Independence, Missouri. Shout out. That's not far from where we are right now. Wow. This moment in the Rip Rap Studio through Fort Kearney, Nebraska, Fort Laramie, Wyoming. 
uh, over the pass, South Springs, and then I don't know that area of the country, the Snake River, which is in beautiful Idaho, up to Portland, Oregon, therefore named Oregon Trail. That's where it ends. Okay. So that was a popular trail for people who are traversing to go to the gold rush, which is, of course, 1840s, late 1840s. It actually was only a couple years, which I did not know. So we're going to talk some more about that. But the Purple Trail is the California Trail, as in Oregon Trail, California Trail. I didn't know it ever existed. And it ends in Sacramento, which is near that opening there. Mm-hmm. That opening there is San Francisco area. So okay. the termination is in California. So San Francisco is in that bay as we talked about. And then this shows some of the gold rush mining sites. And this is the mother node is wow. the orange. The orange here. So I, you know, it's a history buoy. I found it really interesting. Um, a cry of gold rang out in Sutter's Mill in 1848. Soon after the newspapers spilled onto the streets of the East Coast, thousands of fortune hunters set out to round Cape Horn or traverse the plains on their way to San Francisco and the gold fields beyond. I also didn't know that. Rounding the Cape, the Horn of Africa, was, uh, I don't know if it was as popular, but it was very popular for Eastern United States folks to go west. Like, what do you mean? Like crossing the U.S. on the Oregon Trail mm-hmm. wasn't what everyone did. People also took ships on the ocean around Africa to get to the West Coast. This is before the Panama Canal opened up. Yeah. Well, that's the whole point of the Panama Canal. Right. But that's crazy. I didn't know that. I always just thought everyone was in wagons. I didn't know there was any ocean-going uh, gold seekers. Yeah. Apparently, there was a lot of them, uh, which leads to a lighthouse. What? So the discovery at Sutter's Mill set off the gold rush. 1848 through 1855, a major event in the history of the United States. After several vessels with adventurers traveling by sea experienced difficulty in the waters along the West Coast, another cry was heard, this time for the construction of lighthouses to aid navigation. In response, the United States Congress passed acts in 1850 and 1851 that provided funds for eight lighthouses to be built along the West Coast. Nice. These are to be the first West Coast lighthouses. Seeded by Mexico, 1848. I'm sure there's a lot of controversy around some of these things, Mexican-American mm-hmm. War. Um, but 1848 was when it became available, basically, for North American United States, what would become United States citizens' use. And so almost immediately, the area became to boom. Um, Wait, I'm sorry. Are we starting the episode, or is this history buoy? They tie into one another. Okay. Because yeah, no... you really threw me off with the 49ers. I thought you were going to do a history buoy over sports. And I was like, oh. No, the name of the 49ers is, a, is about Francisco. Okay, it's about the gold rush, and the gold rush relates to the lighthouse that you're covering. Right, because okay. the gold rush was the need, the gold rush and all the accidents that gotcha. happened on the water. Gotcha, I've caught up. So this area became available, um, and then immediately gold rush. I also thought that was interesting. It wasn't in the middle of a normal available time. There was nothing out there. Oh. And so Sacramento area, Sutter's Mill, and then um, San Francisco as a port became into existence. Mm. So that's where the big money came from. Okay. Now. Oh, yeah. (laughs) The rock. Uh, (laughs) Sorry for that impression. Um, (laughs) We watched this movie, 1996, The Rock. Two nights ago? Yeah. Two nights and ago. Vince didn't tell me anything about what it was about, what it was called, what it was related to. He just said we were watching a movie so that we could 
talk about it in our episode. Yeah. So um, this is a movie I chose because I thought it was entertaining a long time ago. It has Sean Connery and Nicolas Cage and apparently Ed Harris. <laughs> and What year did we say it was? It was 1996? 96. Yeah. And so I bring this up. Um, one, because we got to see the film and we can talk about it. So they actually did film on Al- Alcatraz. Wow. Um, not all of the scenes. They also did film in San Francisco. So a lot of those like chase scenes at the beginning oh, of the film yeah. were actually San Francisco. Which um, which is what the, the chase scenes, yeah, in the yeah. city, right? So accurate to the setting. So, oh, it was, okay. Which is cool because that's not easy to do, I'm yeah. sure. So uh, the, the lenses they showed and everything, yeah. that was the actual lenses? No. Oh. <laughs> So there's no, in the film, there's the lighthouse we see at the bottom, yeah. which we'll come to know more about as Alcatraz Island Lighthouse, for those of you dun, who haven't dun, read dun. the caption or the title of this episode. The only reason I know that is because I watched the movie. Mm-hmm. Watched I the caught movie. on to what he was putting down. And then in the movie, there are several scenes that capture the lower lighthouse. Do you recall that? Yes. It doesn't exist. They built. What? They built the lower lighthouse. For the film. Perfect. Well, and they destroyed it. They literally shot it up, and um, I don't want to ruin the film if you haven't seen it. Aww. The lower lighthouse doesn't exist. The original lighthouse was lower than this one, mm. and we'll talk about why it's no longer there, but it was demolished intentionally to build this taller lighthouse. Okay. So it's kind of like a fun fact for the movie. There was a lower lighthouse, but they didn't exist at the same time. And Sean Connery didn't escape from that prison. <laughs> <laughs> Noted. But it's a good movie. And The Rock has been in many films. So shortly after Alcatraz opened as a federal prison, we'll talk about all the history, but in 1934 was when it became kind of available mm-hmm. for uh, for these type of things. For it's the prison? For, for filming. Oh, I see. There's a long history, but okay. 34 is when it became available for filming. Its career um, for movies began. So Alcatraz Island, 1937. Birdman of Alcatraz, 1962. Um, what's another one? Point it's Blank, which I haven't seen, but Birdman. I guess it's action. 1967. I've heard that name before, so it's probably a good movie. Hmm. Um, the Enforcer, 1974. Escape from Alcatraz, 1979. The Rock, 1996. And X-Men, The Last Stand, 2006. So it's been in a lot of movies. Yeah. Um, just has the lighthouse made an appearance in all those movies or is it just the location? The lighthouse. Yeah. The rock, the island and the lighthouse. And all of those were, I believe from my research filmed at least partially on the island itself. Okay. So whether it's part of the prison that we saw in our film Mm -hmm. or the lighthouse or some other cool things that are there. (laughs) Can we just hear about them? So, um, for those of you who are going to go check out the rock film, 1996, it's about a mild-mannered chemist and an ex-con must lead the counter-strike when a group of rogue military men led by renegade general threaten a nerve gas attack from Alcatraz against San Francisco. Yeah, and you get to see how, how the gas affects people in the very beginning. It's yeah, brutal. We should probably, it's a little triggering. This is one more thing I wanted to show. The oh, yeah. end of the movie, I'm not going to tell you why, but the end of the movie is supposedly set in Kansas. Baloney. This is not Kansas. What is it? Oh, there's mountains. This is absolutely Southern California <laughs> because I I couldn't I couldn't. Why get... would he choose Kansas if? It just bothers me because no one's ever been to Kansas. Kansas is in the middle of nowhere. There's nothing there. Yeah, we'll choose. We could choose anywhere, but we'll say Kansas. Literally, 
anywhere in the world. We're here. Anyways. We're here. So we're in Kansas. It doesn't look like this, mostly. And then in this scene here, it turns the camera around for the next scene that shows him driving. Yeah. And it's through, um, I commented when we were watching it, it's through a lemon, lemon tree orchard. Oh, um, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, that's California. And then it shows more of these mountains and hills in the background. Oh. So I found it interesting. They went all the way to Alcatraz and they're like, where can we find a field and a church nearby for a closing scene? Yeah. So. It's like, just don't say it's from Kansas. Yeah. Could have just said California. Anyways. That bothered me. So now... Google Maps. Google Maps. So Google Maps. I'm now steering on screen. We're going to go to the West Coast. We're going to go down to San Francisco. We're going to zoom in because I wanted to show you. We have already been in this area. Yes, we have. Right up here? No, uh, up a little further. Where that little pointy is. Yeah. East Brother Light Station. Oh, no. Down, down, down. The other pointy. Oh, I'm sorry. Near Point San Pablo. East Brother Light Station, making an appearance. We've already covered him. And we'll talk some history about the area. Here's Treasure Island, which was mentioned in the film. Oh, yeah. Here is Alcatraz Island. Oh, I did see that when I was researching. But, like, the lighthouse is so skinny that in their little cartoon depiction, it, it kind of made me think of, like, like a needle, uh, like a, um, you know, lightning rod kind of thing or mm. a smokestack. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe think small lighthouse. Notorious prison. We should go there. We should go to Alcatraz? Yeah. Well, we're going to talk about going to Alcatraz. So Ooh. the lighthouses, get back to my notes. Let me say it this way. A firm in Baltimore, Maryland named Gibbons and Kelly was awarded the contract to build lighthouses on the West Coast. Uh, the contract, sorry. Oh, included, the eight of them? Mm, okay. It included Alcatraz Island, Fort Point, Fort Pinos, I think, Point Conception, Point Loma, Southeast Farallon Island, and Humboldt Bay, and one at Cape Disappointment in present-day Washington. Cape Disappointment's the only one I've heard of. Have we covered Cape Disappointment? mm Okay, I think I will in the future. It has an interesting story. I'm going to take it from me. Well, we'll talk about it. Uh, <laughs> supplies for the construction of the lighthouses were shipped around Cape Horn. <laughs> <laughs> well, what did you expect them to do? They were shipped on the Bark Oriole, which is a ship. Neat. I like that name. Which arrived at Port San Francisco January 29th, 1853. Wow. An advance party, advance party, had already started work on the foundation of the Alcatraz Island Lighthouse, which would be the first lighthouse activated on the West Coast. What? Isn't that neat? This is the first lighthouse on the West Coast? Yep. Oh, wow. It's got so much history. So much happening. And I... This place is happening. I was really confident when I said that. Maybe it was the first of these eight. But I think it was the first on the West Coast. Well, you said earlier that it was the first eight lighthouses on the West Coast. And then this is the first of the I think eight. it is. It's got to be. 1853 is a long time ago. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? I'm picking up what you're putting down. <laughs> so, <laughs> this is the original Alcatraz. Uh, the plans for, the, for most of these eight lighthouses called for a one-and-a-half-story cottage with a tower protruding from the center of the pitched roof. All steps in the tower thus provided access to the upper story of the dwelling as well as the lantern room. Kind of cool. Very nice. Is this the original Mm -hmm. that you have up? It is the original Alcatraz. This is the lower lighthouse, if you will. Okay. So so just to clarify, um, the prison was not originally part of the plan. Right. Okay. It was just a lighthouse was the original construction on that island. Because this looks like the original lighthouse 
is small enough that it looks like it may have been swamped by the prison building. Precisely. Okay. On the eventual case that, okay. that happened. Okay. Mm-hmm. So this is very. I like the shape of the lighthouse. I really like this, and I think it was mentioned. I don't know if I have it in my notes here, but when I was <clears throat> reading about this, it was hard to find this image. Shout out to United <laughs> States Lighthouse Society. Mm-hmm. They've got all of the documents you need. But I mean, oh. this is a this is a, a sketch, a hand sketch from 1854, which has all the views, and I also like it shows this like interior. Yeah. Like staircase. These are like uh, concrete plans, I think, or brick plans, I guess it would have been. Like foundation stuff? Yep. They wanted to bring some East Coast uh, style, like Cape Cod mm. uh, architecture to yeah. the West Coast because it was the first lighthouse, or at least among the first as we've established. So they, they had an interest in doing that. It's also a Boston, Massachusetts firm that won the contract. They're probably recycling some oh, engineering. Oh, fun. Yep. Although this looks much... It looks more new, unique than the early lighthouses. It's like it looks. I mean, it has its own style going on. Yeah, so. it's not a cheap box. It's yeah. a, it's interesting. So um, the was, house is very in style around that time. Yeah, <laughs> still today it'd be pretty sweet if you had a lighthouse protruding from your house or a lantern room. Rather, I'd be living the dream. So it'd be like a reading nook. It was completed by July of 1853. Okay, but it would be almost a year before it would exhibit its light. Why? So 1854, this might be an as-built drawings. As it was completed, they oh, sketched this up. Oh, I see. Uh, it would be almost a year. Um, we'll talk about that. Okay. I think. I'm pretty sure. Sorry. I have nine pages of notes, so oh I'm going to scoot. In 1852, the year before the completion, the administration of the U.S. lighthouses was transferred from the Fifth Auditor of the Treasury to a newly created lighthouse board which, after many changes through history, is expressed today as the U.S. LHS. Nice. So I have an image of the board at oh. that time. Wamp. Wamp. So I'm not going to read these names, but 1896 is this image. So I guess 40 years after I was referencing, sorry. But still a very old photo and kind of neat. They were getting together to have these meetings. One of the first changes that this body made was to order the installation of Fresnel lenses in all lighthouses. Oh, we're switching up. Just so everyone knows, we're we're pronouncing Fresnel. Fresnel lenses. One of three ways that I've heard online, and it's most likely not correct. I'm going with Fresnel. So he, yeah. For today, I am not ready to try and conform. Vince seems to be ready to conform. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to try. I'll embarrass myself a little bit longer. We're uh, recording a podcast. We're (laughs) full swing embarrassing ourselves. (laughs) All right, continue. Uh, The thought before this time was that the Fresnel lens developed by Augustin Fresnel in France in 1822 was too expensive for deployment in American lighthouses. Mm. The new lighthouse board concluded, however that the superior performance of the Fresnel lens and the reduction in fuel oil it promised more than justified its added expense. A change order was accordingly sent to Gibbons and Kelly, the contractors, directing them to not install the intended Argand lamps. Yeah. Argand? Argand, yeah. Remember I, yeah. We'll talk about it. Argand oil. We'll, we'll show an example here in a second. Mm-hmm. Argand lamps and parabolic reflectors, but rather wait for the Fresnel lens to arrive. So that was why there was a year in between its completion? Yeah. Okay. So they had these lenses on hand, it sounds like, but mm-hmm. they said, well, one of the first actions we're going to take is to upgrade the lens without ever installing this. So there is 
I watched a video on YouTube of a guy take a tour of the modern lighthouse. And in the base of it, at the base of the tower, there was a lens sitting there that the tour guide in the video and the folks who were recording it didn't know the history. I wonder if it wasn't never deployed, but it was, I mean, they already bought it. They're going to yeah. send it somewhere else. Interesting. So it was a uh, Argand lamp. So this shows the reflector, literally a fuel burning lamp, which I think is super cool. Mm -hmm. And uh, now it seems basic, but at the time, the 1800s, getting something like this right yeah. was really impressive. Engineering. Yeah. And they added this chimney later that. Oh, let, I didn't know that. Yeah. So that. Because I said that was they a have soot problem. the soot problem, yeah. Is that obviously this reflector would just encase all of the smoke from the candle or the lamp and uh, would just get soot really fast and so that it wouldn't have any reflective power. So someone would have to come by and clean all of them. And they'd have like 20-something reflectors on Dang. one lighthouse. So they made this chimney that comes out the top so where it's still something you have to clean, but it's not like, you know. It's not as bad. Yeah. Well, it seems alarming to have an oil reservoir there and screws that adjust the flow and you're supposed to refill that while the flame's running. Mm. I, I would guess. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or so, during the day or something. Sometime. Extra work. So light from a fixed third door. Third door. <laughs> Wine's starting to come. <laughs> what? Twelve percent's hitting ya. A I can't handle it. I can't handle drinking my Diet Dr. Pepper and then going back to the wine. It's not. It's a mix. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You don't want to mix them. <laughs> <laughs> Light from a fixed third or third order Fresnel lens. <laughs> Fresnel right. lens. Oh my gosh. Light from a fixed third order Fresnel lens was first shown from Alcatraz Lighthouse on June the 1st of 1854 with Michael Kaysen receiving an annual salary of $1,100 as the head keeper and John Sloan being paid $700 as his assistant. Nice. That's not bad. In U.S. dollars today. Yeah, it's not bad. U.S. today, it's $40,000 and $25,000. Okay. So, pretty sweet place to be, though. Yeah. The original, and that's not at today's, like, housing prices. So. Right. Yeah. Just inflation. <laughs> Would have definitely been a livable wage. The, and, uh, sorry. No, it's sorry. okay. And, and their housing is covered, so. Yeah. You know, they're making bank. And they're right by the city, which will come up again. It's nice. Um, oh, but it's an island lighthouse. It is an island. They're being compensated for that. I see. I see. It's a good spot. The original lens had been use, had been in use for under 50 years. When in 19... What? <laughs> what? <laughs> when was the Golden Gate Bridge built? I don't was know. Was it while this lighthouse existed? I'm assuming, right? You can see it really well from there. That's what I was thinking. It must have been fun for them to watch it be built. January 5th of 1933. Okay. So way after. Pretty neat. <laughs> Good question. Would have been a fun time for them. The lens, the original lens, um, was there for almost 50 years, which seems like a good service life to mm -hmm. me. Uh, in 1902, it was removed and replaced by a revolving two-panel fourth-order lens. Whoa. Yep. It produced a white flash every 15 seconds. The district officers recommended the change in the light's characteristics. They changed it mm -hmm. so that it could be more, um, I don't know what the original was now that I say that, more more distinguished from the electric lights surrounding it. Okay, that so makes I, sense. I read that. Electric lights. San Francisco was a money pit of yeah. a city when it, like the gold rush. Really, I would say through today, I don't know the city that well, but it's mm -hmm. still quite substantial. And so... Electric lighting in 1902 was a concern for the surrounding area. Wow, which that's is crazy. awesome. 
that's a good problem. So and that's then early. The island itself, I assume, had some lights too, being the keeper's house. Mm-hmm. So, but running power to an island is also a neat idea. And of course, yeah, they did. and that's early for that. Yeah. So I want to show you the original lighthouse. Okay. I have a photo of it in 1895. Yes. What? Oh wait, yeah. Yeah. That's pretty early for photo. Whoa, that's a great photo for that year. I think. I mean, come on. I keep saying these things, and now I'm like, are you sure? I'm pretty <laughs> sure this is from 1895, because the next photo I have is from 1906. Oh. San Francisco. <laughs> All right. Look at that. It's Isn't it cool? beautiful. And what so is this cute. other house sticking off to I the side? I didn't think about that. I don't know what that is. What the heck is that? Don't tell me that's the boathouse, because it is like a gothic. It's awesome. It's a dark gothic, what is it called? Architecture? Just like uh, when it's the opposite of something else. Antithesis? It's, yeah. The the lighthouse is really neat, and it looks quaint. It's clean and pretty. I don't... I have so many questions in my own photo. I don't know what these things are. These folks, folks are sitting on or the... I don't I know what that is. It wouldn't be oil, would it? I hope not. Cannonballs? <laughs> yeah. And then... I don't <laughs> You're know. Like, I really yeah. don't know. I don't know what the house is either. They have two chimneys. Do you think that they made it a duplex? Was they it did. A duplex? Okay. Yes. Yep. We'll talk about that. Oh, okay. Yep. And they eventually, we'll also talk about <gasps> it, added more folks. Is that a tennis court? <laughs> it might be. <laughs> what world are we in? No this is way. the original lighthouse. That's what I can tell you for sure about and, this And photo. because you know nowadays they, they don't make a tennis uh, fence that can fancy. you well, all the stories that we have told about lighthouse keepers <laughs> about wikis and all like yeah. we watched the lighthouse mm-hmm. which you all probably already heard no no okay well you'll hear that review yeah we did they did not have a friggin tennis court okay. no no <laughs> and they had room too <laughs> do you think that's a tennis court i don't know i've got to look it up look it looks like a it looks like a tennis court like why would they have a net coming through the middle of just wide open space. Oh, do you think it's a cistern and the net has something to do with this? I really don't know. <laughs> what I can't tell you. I'm sorry. Research falls short right Let, No, let's just let it live on, live in, uh, live on <laughs> yeah. in our brains as a tennis court. So uh, in so, addition to yeah, the light. Go check out this photo on our Instagram because... Yes. You can probably have the same opinions as we do. Please just make up something and tell us what you think these things are in the photo. Leave a comment. Just for fun. Yeah. So in addition to the light, the keepers in Alcatraz Island were also responsible for a fog bell struck by machinery, which was placed on the southeast tip of the island. In 1883, the old bell and other material were sent to the Navy Yard at Mare Island, which I don't know where that is. Okay. But a 3,340-pound bell was cast for Alcatraz Island. Whoa. We're talking a big bell. Yeah. Big it's ass bell. a real bell. dinger. <laughs> the new <laughs> a bell, real ringer. The new bell was placed in the new, a new structure built for it. And when conditions merited, it was struck five blows at intervals of 10 seconds. Oh, so it's their foghorn. Mm-hmm. Followed by a pause of 25 seconds. Neat. So again, pretty advanced for the time. Yeah. It's mechanically struck, which I assume involves a steam engine and... Mm-hmm. Well, they yeah. have all this money in San Francisco and all electricity in the beginning of the, yeah. what is it, 20th century? 19th. Oh, I had to work hard. Well, no, 20th century. <laughs> so this. <laughs> it's, it's a Mountain Dew. Fun fact that I don't know if we cover later or not, so I'll make sure it's covered now. This had a mechanical winding to rotate 
the yeah. assembly of the light the lighthouse the light room the lens mm-hmm. my goodness <laughs> they had to dig into the island to create a huh? shaft oh. to have enough vertical travel for the weight to travel down so it's like a pit that it's went a down pit. oh and in the future lighthouse they um dug off the edge of a, a cliff or maybe it's a little bit round well ah, i hope we'll cover it okay sorry if not we'll have to come back there's a lot to talk about around the time that the lighthouse was completed military fortifications were also placed on the island okay it's a tactical position the like Alca- defensive mm-hmm. to the to the bay Okay. The Alcatraz Citadel, which was a multi-story fortified barracks, was finished in 1859 on the uppermost plateau just north of the lighthouse. So they chose the highest spot and they built a new building. Okay. That was, um, what year was that? 1859. You think these are actual cannonballs? That'd be a lot of ammo. <laughs> There'd be, no, cannonballs are not that big. <laughs> well, then what are they? I really don't know. Torpedoes. Okay, sorry. Keep going. <laughs> the first use of Alcatraz as a prison, which we talked about in the movie The Rock, mm-hmm. 1996, was during the Civil War. Uh, what happened was 39 people in San Francisco were found celebrating the news of the assassination of <gasps> President Lincoln. Evil. Oh, no. Yep. They were promptly arrested and locked up on the island for two months. I did not find what happened after them. After oh, that. No. 1865 was the year he was assassinated. Okay. Nuts. A second assistant keeper was assigned to Alcatraz in 1901, uh, which also is when they got their new lens. Yeah. True. 1902. So the 19- fourth order? Yeah. Or a different one? The fourth order. Okay. A second assistant keeper was assigned to Alcatraz in 1901 to help with the added burden of a revolving light and a second fog bell oh. that was placed on the northwest tip of the island in 1900. Okay. So now there's one on the southeast and one mm-hmm. on the northwest? Yep. Ooh, yep. that's neat. Nice yep. symmetry. Eventually, I'll show you a map that okay. covers the island. That'd it's really be good. neat. The headkeeper uh, was given four rooms in this lighthouse, while the assistants had two rooms each, and they shared a kitchen. Did any of them have families, or were you not allowed to since it's a rock? They did have families, and it, it really was tight. Oh. Mm-hmm. Wow. Because eventually, they needed to expand the lighthouse. They did? Eventually. Okay. For more room. What's your question? I don't have any. Okay. I'm just excited to be here. Me too. <laughs> Henry W. Young was serving as head keeper when the devastating 1906 earthquake oh, no. struck San go. Francisco. We already talked about this in East Brother Light. Yeah, and East Brother Light didn't really suffer much damage besides the... <laughs> Fresnel lens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, taking a crack or two. So, so what was the damage here? Well, first we'll talk about the logbook for April 18th, which is coming up, reads, 5.30 a.m., violent and continuous earthquake, dot, 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 San Francisco on fire. Is this the end of the world? Question mark. Isn't that insane that they would write very similar, like, verbiage and verbiage, yeah. For words. Words, English. (laughs) Terrible seeing San Francisco from here. The earthquake caused a slight crack in the lighthouse tower, uh-oh. And it toppled the chimneys protruding from the dwelling's roof. Oh, no. So it was rocking. Yeah. Which is insane. I bet those cannonballs were everywhere. <laughs> no, they're heavy. <laughs> so I'm going to show you an image from 1906 earthquake. Oh, no. Everything that I have 
found tells me this is a real image. And there were several other images that are even worse quality and even more insane. Buildings, whole sections of the city are gone. Yeah. Fires are enormous. Churches, like anything that was really heavy stone appeared to be still be there, which you yeah. can see. The brick is still there on the right. The heavy stone, like limestone and on the left. to be fair, like what I read earlier is that the the earthquake is not what destroyed most of the city. It was the fires. And this picture kind of shows. Yeah, the sky It's like is... the earthquake really didn't decimate anything. Like obviously there's buildings down and everything. But the fire, it's just like all you see is fire. Yeah. I can see how they came to the same, uh, describe it the same way from afar. Yeah. And that is kind of cool. It's sad, but cool. I've never been to San Francisco, I don't think. But this, you can see this big hill. Mm-hmm. I think this was in the chase scene. Like oh, this no area, way. this neighborhood. It's big to, I read it's big for tourism to like go on those street trolleys and see this area. Um, and the street trolley was a part of the film we watched as well. This makes me think of uh, Princess Diaries. Did they film that in San, Fran- San Francisco? Uh, I don't know that story. Don't. Am I thinking of a John Denver song? San Francisco. It was San Francisco. Nice. Princess Diaries. <laughs> hey, shout out. Too bad they didn't go to Alcatraz Island. They weren't cool enough <laughs> to film on Alcatraz. <laughs> so I don't want to brush over it. This is an awful event, but it was, we've already covered it. Um, it's just crazy. Yeah. Here shows uh, a map that I think you already showed this exact yeah, map. Yeah, you stole my map. Yep. Dora would be mad. <laughs> so uh, this shows the fault line and some of the ratings. So near San Francisco, very heavy, extreme, 124% gravity acceleration, 116 centimeters per second of velocity for you nerds out there. That's nuts. That's a lot of movement. So, and of course, there was this whole California coast. Really awful. But here's a cool picture. Yeah. Boom. Wow. Look at something slightly more positive. This looks a lot different from what we were just looking at. So yep. what year is this one? Well, I'm going to keep going through my notes. Oh. Um, because I don't know the answer to that yet. Let me let me keep reading for okay. a, a moment. So uh, in 1909, yeah, we just talked about the earthquake. Sorry. Mm-hmm. 1909, the Citadel was leveled to the ground and a cell house was built in its place, which is still present today. You've seen the cell house in the film. We'll, we'll talk about it. With its 600 cells, the new prison was reportedly the largest reinforced concrete building in the world at the time. Oh, my gosh. In fact, in 1909, in fact, the new structure interfered with the operation of the lighthouse. Oh. So a taller 90-foot <laughs> concrete tower was built just south of the original lighthouse using $35,000. Can I say something? Mm-hmm. The, the first lighthouse and this lighthouse have extremely different vibes going on. They do. This is definitely more of a security type. I mean, like security vibe lighthouse. Yeah. And the other one was very homey and cute. I never thought about that. It yeah. looks like it matches the cell house, though. Yeah. The columns and another but thing. They're both beautiful. That's it's just uh, the very different. It's not like they took the lantern room off of that right. and just built made it, it onto taller. a taller. Yeah. It's like they definitely just re uh, redesigned the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's very neat and. Uh, Something that's cool architecturally, construction about this, is it was kind of one of the early experiments in building to proof against earthquakes. Oh. Because it was built 19 years after the major earthquake that ripped the city in half. Um, Another fun fact from our movie watching time, that building on the right is the warden's house. Okay. Nice. Yeah. And uh, Very bougie. Eventually there's a fire. 
and just also very different styles those two houses it looks like a like a texaco style the yeah the one closest to us yeah. the second one looks very um yeah texaco mm-hmm. that's cute yeah <laughs> like we're going to chili's <laughs> and uh in oh eventually in in the movie the rock the last scene you see of sean connery he's standing on a weird elevated platform in a window yeah walking across that's the building oh wow no way yeah in ruins if you will you said there is a fire yep we'll talk about it oh, dang it There's every time you keep dropping these on the rock oh. so that thirty-five thousand we talked about it was approved by congress march 4th of 1909 <laughs> <laughs> thank goodness for politicians that right. $35,000 approved by Congress. Thank you, Congress. Cue the uh, applause sound effect. I'm proud. <laughs> Construction work began July 20th of 1909. Good time to be constructing things. Uh, so only three years after that earthquake. The revolving fourth order lens transferred from the old lighthouse and was activated atop the new tower Okay. lens. Uh, that was December 1st of 1909. Got a lot of dates here. Attached to the base of the tower was a commodious dwelling with two-story wings the private smaller wing was for the head keeper the two assistants shared the larger wing because it was no longer needed the original lighthouse was torn down by 1914 the fourth order two panel barber and bernard which i assume is the manufacturer mm-hmm. fresnel lens was used in the lantern room that was used there had been replaced by a six panel fourth order lens that produced a white flash every five seconds so they increased the frequency yeah and uh, also increase the panels, which I think maybe is the same result. Six panels. Yeah, if they wanted to keep the speed the same, they would increase the amount of panels to increase flash pattern. Mm. But. Interesting. So one flash every five seconds. Anyways, let me take a sip of. Oh, I want a sip of. Now we're at 1913. The fog bells on the northern and southern extremes of the island were replaced with electric sirens. I can tell you they were not popular over time. Interestingly, the prison guards used to help the keepers in operating those fog signals. Oh, cute. From their elevated lookouts in the watchtowers, the guards, Uh they could easily see when a bank of fog started to roll through the Golden Gate. The the lighthouse keepers weren't ever up, unless they were maintaining the light, they weren't at elevation, so they couldn't see as well. Hmm. So the guards would yell at them, hey, fog's rolling in. Yeah. Well, the guards are up there 24-7. The keepers are not up there 24-7 unless it's nighttime. Right. And then nobody would be able to see if there's fog rolling in. Yeah. It's pretty, pretty nuts. Um, Alcatraz served as a military prison until it was acquired by the U.S. Justice Department in 1933. So then it became a federal penitentiary. So I think because it became a federal penitentiary, it became available for filming. That was what we talked about earlier. Oh. I don't really see that connection. Yeah, but I don't either. The lighthouse keepers worked alongside the prison rather uneventfully until the light was automated November 22nd of 1963. I find that statement to be baloney, and I'll tell you why. One dramatic event that was recorded by the keepers was a bloody escape attempt. Oh, no. Known now as the Battle of Alcatraz. Oh, my gosh. This, pretty wild. Escape, okay. Escape from Alcatraz. Bloody escape attempt. Like Mm -hmm. somebody, like multiple people, like it was a jailbreak? So, massacre. it was the afternoon of May 2nd of 1946. Bernard Coy was his name. An inmate was able to pry apart some bars and squeeze his greased body into an elevated walkway like that on the screen uh, for all of you who can't see. Patrolled, uh, the walkway was patrolled by armed guards. He overwhelmed uh, an unsuspecting guard, snuck up on him, gained access to firearms and keys, 
and quickly liberated his accomplices. Oh, he had planned goodness. this ahead of time. You know, I'm going to try to grease yeah. myself up, get out, get grease a gun. Myself up. Yeah, literally slid through the bars. Oh, it's got to be, he's got to have like broken rib or something. It didn't go super well. So the inmates' <laughs> plan soon met a snag, however, because they were unable to unlock the door leading to the rec yard, recreation yard. Oh, good Lord. So I want to show you the cell block but we've the, already the seen. the rec yard, wouldn't that be closed off anyway? So the rec yard, the plan was to get to the rec yard. Here's our map. Oh, excellent. So cell block, center screen. Um, the rec yard is the far side. And then down from the rec yard, I don't know if they were going to go through a gate or over the wall or what. They were actually going to try to get into a, a boat. And okay. the boats were stored down there. I do there. see some little stairs. Yeah. It's an incredible level of detail. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty cool. And this is San Francisco or uh, Alcatraz Island today. So this big dock at the lower side, that's for mm. boats that are coming to visit. We'll mm -hmm. talk about tours and such that are available. Um, you can see the warden's house now has no roof. Parade There's ground. There's the lighthouse. Yeah, I didn't understand parade ground. I think it's for training of the guards because it appears to be outside of all the containment yeah. walls. Um, we talked about it in the, or we heard about it in the movie. The Atlantic, uh, or excuse me, the Pacific is very cold. Uh -huh. And uh, this is over a mile from the coast. So it looks close, but it's not really swimmable. Mm -hmm. It'd be incredible if you could swim it, let alone swim it as a prisoner. Yeah, you'd be doing it as a small feat and not uh, for fun. Yeah. So it was difficult to escape, I think, um, which is the cool premise of the movie we watched is someone who had escaped. Exactly. So the wreck yard, also fun fact, uh, you can go visit that on a tour. And there's a baseball diamond that was there. Um for the prisoners? Yeah. So the prisoners were allowed out to the rec yard for some huh. time. Uh, baseball was popular, I guess. There was a bunch of famous people. I think people. you'd want to give a bat to a prisoner. Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> but you have guns, so. <laughs> the guards have True. guns. Um, but to get back to, the, back to the escape attempt. So Mr. Coy got the jump on somebody. Uh, eventually, Marines were called to help regain control of the cell block D located just 150 feet from the lighthouse. Over the next two days, gunfire was occasionally heard on the island. Harry Davis uh, was serving as the head keeper at the time. It was likely that he penned the following account in the station's logbook, which you don't usually talk about shootings going on. The drama, yeah, the, the, the bad drama. 1,430 hours. Convict on the loose with submachine gun. Oh, my en gosh. Entire prison held at bay. Shooting is almost continuous. U.S. Marines landed on north end of island. Fire again raging in cell blocks. Hand grenades being dropped through the holes, broken through the roof. No way. The prison is being reduced to shambles. The nearly two-day standoff was over. When it was over, Davis wrote, the end of 44 hours of living hell. How many people died? Uh, the six escapees were killed during the... Three, three oh. of the six escapees were killed. Okay. Two of the three who did survive were later executed together in a gas chamber. Yikes. San Quentin. And their role... In, because they killed two guards during the escape. Okay. The third survivor was given an additional life sentence. I was so surprised that's only six people. Six had <sighs> escaped, and they caused all sorts of havoc because they got they got hold of uh, guards' guns. Yeah. I don't remember. I wish I did. I don't remember how many guards were killed. <sighs> but more, again, I went into some deep holes reading about this yeah. event. This is, in some way, I'm going to say it's awesome. It's not awesome. I'm going to say it's awesome. But it's like the movie. So this was... Uh, I'm trying to remember the year. 1946. Okay. World War II had just ended. World War II had just ended. 
It's a lot sooner than I thought. The guards were not doing well uh, because the prisoners who couldn't escape the cell block, which is just crazy. They had like machine guns and they were holed up. And so they called some Marines and that's why it took two days. Mm -hmm. A group of Marines who had fought in World War II against the Japanese. They just finished. Yeah. But they, they came and used tactics they organized a plan and used tactics that they had used against japanese who were defending themselves oh my in, in similar wartime and uh it's a it's a story if you want to go read about it it could have been a whole episode yeah but um pretty i mean to end the situation great it's good for them uh, obviously it wasn't a positive event but right i was like they literally landed u.s marines from world war ii one year away from world war ii's end on this island to fight these prisoners. Yeah. And it's like, it's all American. It's not a war. It's right. not even a battle. It's just like prisoners. We need you to intercept these people. Like they're basically terrorists. So super crazy. So I just I wonder how they got control of the other three without killing them. So they had keys and they talked, sorry, I've read a lot that I didn't write down. The, he got keys to the cells from a guard that he overwhelmed. I don't know if he killed that guard or not. I hope not. But I assume he probably knocked him out. I'm going to say probably knocked him out. But <laughs> he got the keys, and the keys were, I mean, 1900s keys. They're kind of interesting looking, but they oh, weren't that complex. Like padlock keys. Mm-hmm. Mm. And then uh, he was able to release people that he knew he could trust to break out with him. Yeah. It was all planned. And then um, got some guns, and they couldn't get out into the yard because it required a different key, and they didn't think of that. They didn't know that. Uh, they didn't know it or they didn't think of it. They didn't. Yeah. They couldn't find a key to get out. So they were kind of locked, but they had a run of uh, the cell house Yeah. during their escapades. Did you read uh, what they were guilty of that they were in? I did. Uh, one of them was guilty of murder. Uh, so it's pretty serious. Others, I don't think were all murderers. Um, nothing noteworthy. Nothing I could recall. M- murder for one, at least. Mm-hmm. It might have been Coy, the the mastermind of the plan but not that big of a mastermind i guess so, <laughs> i mean i don't know i'm sure everyone's a good person at some point in their life but that's a pretty rough situation to be killing people and yeah have to cause the military to come in storm a beach again to take right. care of your situation that's just wild so uh, that's all i have to say about the battle of alcatraz but pretty wild and the lighthouse keepers were running the light the whole time oh so my they're, they're like all right tired of this that's enough. You've got to just be in hell. It's like it's escaped people with firearms on this island you can't get off of. Keep doing your duties. Yeah. Like, we got it under control. It's like, are you sure they're not going to come out here? Yeah. <laughs> I'll give them a prior warning. I'll be like, I'm going to get out of the way if they come running out. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have you know, my life is on the line for the lighthouse, but not for these weirdos. Yeah. That's obviously quite an unfortunate series of events. Now oh. I'm going to talk about something a little happier. Just a little sad, unhappy. What? Is that not when the warden's house burnt down? Nope. What? With grenades and Alcatraz stuff? Alcatraz Island, baby. <laughs> so uh, this, we'll just get, I'm just going to say we're going to move on. Okay. <laughs> we can come back if anyone has any uh, questions. Oh, nice. Heartwarming photos. This is Ed. Your boy, Ed. Ed, the murderer? No. That was, Coy was the last Oh, one. sorry. I, I thought you said Ed Coy. <laughs> no. Hold on now. I got to check. Bernard Coy. Mm, I was off by a lot. Bernie. Now, this is Ed. Ed Schneider. Okay. Ed was a genial 270-pound man. 
He spent 28 years on Alcatraz, not as a prisoner, Whoa. but as a lighthouse keeper. 28 years? Mm-hmm. He said at one, one point, sure, I could have transferred to other stations, but not any time they asked me. I said no. <laughs> Schneider reported, he told a reporter, this is one of the choice places. Not for them, I know. He nodded towards the barred windows. But for me, Alcatraz isn't isolated. It's close to town. Oh. So as a lighthouse keeper, he had that in mind, which, again, we've talked about further away, rougher lives for them. Yeah. So Schneider arrived on the rock as first assistant keeper, excuse me, first as assistant keeper in 1931 and ended up retiring in 1959. So he was there during the Battle of Alcatraz. Wow. Uh, He was the last civilian keeper of Alcatraz Island Light. For many years, he he acted as Santa Claus to some 70 children of the prison Uh. guards of the island, and he fit the role well. In total? Mm Mm-hmm. He fit the Santa Claus rule well, not needing a pillow or an extra padding. <laughs> <laughs> Brutal. Besides the Battle of Alcatraz, another standout day for Schneider was when both of the station's foghorns quit in heavy fog. What? And brought shipping to the bay in a stop. To a stop. Oh, boy. He said, I never repaired anything so fast before or since. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'm sweating. I'm sweating. Yeah. So he retired. Um yeah, upon retirement, which again was in 1959, uh, he had divorced in 1942 during his time on the rock. He went to live with his sister in Oakland. Uh, it's very sad, but on October 17th of 67, he ended his own life. Oh, no. He left behind a suicide note that read, I can't stand the pain. I'm slowly becoming a burden. That's uh, that's a, a steaming garbage pile. Yeah. I, I, it's sad. And he was a, a really loved man, it sounds like. And I, I wrote this next part. He said, uh, I said, he served in World War One as a Marine. Uh, and then he served in the U.S. Coast Guard and the Lighthouse as a second assistant keeper. He was promoted to assistant keeper. He was promoted to principal keeper. Wow. Uh, all of his United States Coast Guard dedication was at Alcatraz Island. Uh, it has been suggested that his role in life was to serve and to provide in retirement his joy of life waned until his time of death no he was missed dearly by his family yeah it's so sad yeah so i can understand that like your whole life has he's always had a mission purpose yeah he's always had a light to keep on and people and all those children Mm -hmm. so uh it's really sad that he uh ended his life but he obviously was rocking his job um this is a, a slide also from a presentation by the u.s lhs um and a lot of these were on lighthousefriends.com as well, if you want to learn some more about Ed. Yeah. So I'm going to show you another image. This is another image of the lighthouse. Ooh, cool picture. Yeah, you can see it's got quite an elevation gain um, being at that edge of the island. Those look like water towers. I never noticed those before. Mm. Kind of cool. Following the closing of the penitentiary in 1963, Alcatraz was declared a surplus property. In November of 1969, a group of about 90 Native Americans landed on the island and claimed it as Indian land. Whoa! (laughs) What is happening? Alcatraz Island, babe. It's very strange. What? Yep. So I'm going to tell you the short version and then the long version. You're welcome. So here's here's the short (laughs) version. Um, Over the next 19 months, a varying number of Native Americans occupied the island. On June 1st, 1970, a fire destroyed the warden's house, the keeper's quarters, and other buildings on the island. 
It scorched the lighthouse tower itself. Oh, no. Further damage was done to the island when the occupants reportedly began stripping copper wiring and tubing from the buildings and selling it as scrap metal. A pre-dawn raid on June 11th of 1971 ended the occupation. That's bizarro. So feel free to interject, of course. I, I felt really negatively about that. Yeah. And I was like, 1970s? We're talking about Native Americans occupying this place? Yeah. So being surplus land, to me, that means no one was taking care of it. There's nothing there. And like we've talked about, the government sees these type of places as a liability. Mm-hmm. You know, why do we have to take care of this lighthouse? You know, East Brother Light Station is even the same. They have people volunteering to take care of that and keep it nice. And yeah. Raise money. So I assume that's kind of the same story. So they just saw it as open land. I mean, that no one else was using. But I did some more research because I was hoping that there was more to the story. And there was. How long did they occupy it? Not that long. Um, and I can tell you exactly here. Gosh, they did a lot of damage. Everybody I think that. you'll I think you'll appreciate this further discussion. So European discovery and exploration of San Francisco Bay Area and its islands began in fifteen forty two. I'm not gonna talk you through that many hundreds of years. Okay. <laughs> but the mapping didn't happen until seventeen seventy five. Um earlier visitors to the area were preceded by Native Americans 10,000 to 20,000 years before. Oh, yeah. Of course, these weren't Native Americans, but they were indigenous people. Mm-hmm. Sometimes those are put together. Um, but it's expected that over 10,000 people, indigenous, lived in the area before it was settled, Gosh. before it was discovered. Wow. And, of course, that was Spanish and Portuguese explorers came to the area first. Mm-hmm. So early use of Alcatraz Island uh, by the indigenous people is difficult to reconstruct. Most of it's based on oral history. But basically, it was but, used as... Sorry, uh, go ahead. I, what, I was just going to say, but they did. They did. They did use it. Yeah. Oh. Yep, they did. And it was mostly used for um, ostracization, people who were outcasts or who... Had, oh, no. Yeah. They'd broken or violated <laughs> a tribal thing. law. Right. They were uh, a camping spot. It was also for gathering foods, especially bird eggs and sea life, mm-hmm. which makes sense. It was utilized as a hiding place uh, from the California mission system. So not all um, spread of new ideas is good, right? (laughs) (laughs) So once Alcatraz became a prison, both military prisoners and civilians were incarcerated. Many of these were American Indians. Indian people, I'm going to reference that in the future, Indian, but I mean American Indian, continued to be among the population of prisoners in the disciplinary barracks on the island through the remainder of the 1800s and early 1900s, saying they were among the incarcerated. Okay. They were represented among them. So on November 9th of 69, 1969, uh, the Indian people came again to Alcatraz. They were, read by, they were read. They were led by a man named Richard Oakes. So he was kind of the, the founder of this occupation. Okay. He was a Mohawk Indian. Mm. Uh, the group of Indian supporters set out on a chartered boat. So they, they did it right. You know, they, they planned it. The Monte Cristo was the name of the boat. Uh, to symbolically claim the land back for the Indian people. On November 20th of 69, the occupation turned into a full-scale occupation, which lasted until 71. Okay. So I, this is a series of occupation events that I've summarized into one. Mm-hmm. I'll just make it simple, okay. more simple. So it was planned by Oaks um, and a group of Indian students, a group of urban Indians from the Bay Area as well. Since uh, many tribes were represented, they came up with the name the Indians of all tribes, which we talked about as their banner here. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was what was adopted. In the meetings following after, Oakes and his fellow American Indians realized that the prolonged occupation was possible. 
after just camping there. Mm-hmm. Um, they visited the American in- American Indian Studies Center at UCLA. Oh. Um, and they recruited Indian students for what would become the longest prolonged prolonged occupation at a federal facility by Indian people to this very day. That's a long sentence. Wow. So 80 Indian students from UCLA were among the people. There was about 100 people total. So Oaks was the leader. He was most knowledgeable for being in charge of all the organization. Um, And he was the chief of Alcatraz, the mayor of Alcatraz. So once they had established themselves on the island, organization began immediately. There was actually an elected council um, and everybody on the island had a job. So security, sanitation, daycare, school, housing, cooking, laundry, and they were all made by unanimous consent of the people. So it's like a little country. Yeah. They, I mean, super hippie, right? Yeah. <laughs> but kind of cool. Um, the federal government initially insisted that the Indian people leave the island, placed an ineffective barricade around the island, which didn't stop people, eventually agreed <laughs> to, hold, to hold formal negotiations with the council, the Indian council. So from the Indian side, the negotiations were fixed. Um, they wanted the deed to the island. Uh, they wanted to establish an Indian university, a cultural center, and a museum all on the island. The government negotiators insisted that they could have none of these, and they must leave the island. Wow. So early 1970, um, the organization, Indian organization began to oppose one another. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the students went back to school, which took away from the population, and some went back... Um, to their other occupancies, wherever they came from. And other people came to replace them on the island. The other people who came to replace them would cause a lot of problems. Oh, Um, no. They came from hippie and drug culture is what was quoted. Yikes. So the final blow to the leadership occurred January 5th of 1970. Oaks' 13-year-old stepdaughter fell down three floors of the stairwell to her death. Oh. Her name was Yvonne. Yvonne passed away um, and... In grief of that, Oaks left the island, and so the two competing groups were kind of warring for control, Man. which is crazy. This is, you know, what a very story. Old it, school and stuff. In like, this is only like a year and a half yeah. that this went down. All happening pretty fast. Oh, it's like an, actually, it's like an Occupy event. Yeah. Um, but based on tribal history, mm-hmm. so the federal government responded. Uh, officially by not interfering is what their official stance was. Okay. The FBI, the police, Coast Guard, they all remained clear of the island. Um, while it appeared to those on the island that negotiations, negotiations were actually taking place, in fact, the government was playing a waiting game, hoping that support of the occupation would subside and those on the island would elect to end the occupation. Those on the island had become so entrenched that nothing less than full title to the island would serve. Mm-hmm. You know, that's always a good story. Fully entrenched people. In the meantime, the government shut off the electrical power, removed the barge, which had provided fresh water to the occupiers. Oh, no. And three days following the removal of the barge, a fire broke out on the island. Oh, Several historic buildings were destroyed. Been helpful. <laughs> water would have been nice. The government blamed the Indians. The Indians blamed the government uh, for undercover government infiltrators trying to turn non-Indian support against them. Whoa. So it could have been an inside job. Mm, yeah, it could have. The new population. Where's the proof? Yeah. New population on the island became a problem. Um, fighting over authority, general disarray. I'm fast forwarding my own notes. Um, the government didn't know who they could even talk to anymore because yeah. there wasn't Oaks anymore. They didn't have someone that could reach out to the clear as the clear leader. So um, new problems came for the occupiers. They needed to raise money to buy food, and that's why they were stripping copper wiring and, yeah. and tubing from the buildings, selling it as scrap metal. 
Three of them were arrested, tried, and found guilty of some 600 pounds of copper they had with them, which wow. is a, a lot. That's a ton. In early 1971, the press, which had been largely sympathetic to this point, turned against them and began publishing stories, alleged beatings, and assaults. Oh. One of the assaults was prosecuted. Soon, no support was found. So eventually, all, must, all things must come to an end is mm-hmm. what I have here. Um, January of 71, two oil tankers collided in the entrance of San Francisco Bay. Uh-oh. Though it was acknowledged that the lack of Alcatraz light and the foghorn played no part in the collision, it was enough to push the federal government into action. President Nixon gave the go-ahead to develop a removal plan to take place when the smallest number of people were on the island and to use as little force as possible. Okay. The raid we discussed. So armed federal marshals, FBI agents, and special forces police swarmed the island and removed five women, four children, and six unarmed American Indian men. That's not a lot of people. That's all that were remaining. Wow. They were They were deserting. They had to. So the success or failure of the occupation, occupi- <laughs> the success or failure of this occupation should not be judged by whether the demands of the occupiers were realized. Mm-hmm. The underlying goals of the American Indians at Alcatraz were to awaken the public to their plight and to assert the need for Indian self-determination for some freedom, yeah. really. As a result of the occupation, directly or indirectly, the official government policy of termination of American Indian tribes was ended and a policy of self-determination became the official U.S. government policy. Oh, excellent. Some, some would argue that, but I think it's a turning point because, yeah. well, during this period, the occupiers were there, which is only two years. Mm-hmm. Um, President Nixon returned Blue Lake and 48,000 acres of land to the Taos Indians, uh, occupied lands near Davis, California, shout out to dad, would become <laughs> home to Native American University. The occupation of the Bureau of Indian Affairs offices in Washington, D.C. would lead to a hiring of Native Americans to work in the federal agency that had such great effect on their lives. So Alcatraz may have been lost, but the occupation gave birth to a political movement, which continues today. Yeah. American Indians. It, yeah. Needs some help, but at least it started something. Yeah. So It's a little sad that um, they you know, achieved what they were wanting to achieve, but then things just started to go to go to trash it's like when the press turns against you there's nothing else you can do about it yeah i mean i i hated to say the one paragraph about oh yeah there was a occupation they were you know a raid happened it makes them look awful and it makes it loses the importance of why they were there the real reason is a a lot more meaningful than just oh there oh and they broke the fire broke out and so then they were removed it's like well and the original occupants were mostly students at university ucla which is mm-hmm. a great school so they were intelligent and they had meaning and intent behind their actions and it's not you know they weren't they weren't random people that you know needed a home they were intentionally there and then by the end they had to go back to school which is understandable yeah and so those who replaced them were just there to hang out it seemed like oh. so kind of lost the effectiveness you but, just put yourself in their shoes like think about just how much hope you would have in things changing with this and for it to go down yeah. this way it had to have just been devastating. Yeah. And, you know, luckily the raid wasn't more violent or anything. Yeah. So back to the lighthouse. Because um, that's, that's what we're here for. little lighthouse. <laughs> yeah. So back to the lighthouse. This is a picture of the fire going on. This is a picture of the damage afterward. You can see the quarters are gone. Warden's house is deroofed. Lots of rubble. Lots of... um smoke uh what is it called 
Charring. Yeah. yeah. Smoke ash and charring. The lighthouse tower, light, light, the lantern room just looks black. Yeah. Thank goodness it's that tall. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to show you a couple more pictures just of goodness. what the lighthouse looks like today. Oh, nice. They got kinda it cleaned up. Sailboat. Cute. You can see tourists kind of hanging around. It's a beautiful day. Another sailboat. I know you love those. It's a big island. This is Golden it, Hour. It looks like such a tiny island on a map. Mm-hmm. It's, it's small for the area, but it's a big piece of land. So this shows the inside Ooh. of the lighthouse and the lens that's up there now. So it's functioning right now? It is. It still functions. Awesome. Yep. So this, um, I'll talk about touring today, but the lighthouse itself is not a part of the typical tour. Wow. So they receive, I think, <laughs> I'm going to probably misquote, I think they said they get like 5,000 people a day on the island. Oh, gosh. It's, they have these big ferries that yeah. actually, I'll show you right here. These big ferries oh. that are just going to Alcatraz and back to the coast um, Neat. to take people. So. The, the lighthouse is not accessible, and it's in kind of a mode of disrepair. So it needs some improvements. I did read about a company that had sponsored also with the United States Lighthouse Society, mm-hmm. and they recorded a video, actually. It's on YouTube Ooh. of going to visit, and they record the whole tour. And uh, this – I forget what the company's – I think it was Land's End Company was sponsoring um, a – architectural review into the status of the lighthouse okay, that was going to be done what needed to be fixed yep and it was pre-covid but not fa- not far before covid okay. and they were going to assess it and then they were going to get a report on what it would take and then they were going to see what the cost would be and then mm-hmm. move. we've talked about these type of restorations before um, this one's obviously very popular because of of so many people are aware of it in such a great city mm-hmm. it's so central it's an icon of the area so it's like accessible, yeah. but far enough away to where it feels like an otherworldly, you know, like a not well-known yeah. kind of thing. I could not find that report. I don't know if it's been completed or mm. not. I reached out to the gentleman who won the contract, um, and he has not answered. Okay. I also found another person that works at that company on LinkedIn. I haven't talked to them yet either. And I found a person who was an intern in 2010 oh. who <laughs> uh, helped to execute a similar research event so i oh, reached wow. out to her you did some um, digging also haven't heard back from her Dang. so maybe we'll talk about it in the future i'd love to know more yeah, about yeah we could do a little touch up on yeah civil status. construction architecture mm-hmm. inspection so i assume it's a common thing for lighthouses not common in the world but so um but i wanted to share one more thing this lighthouse so this picture on the left is taken from the top looking down the stairs you can see a landing Mm-hmm. And just to the left of this image, there's a door. The door will open and close, and there's another final stair set that goes up to this lantern room. Oh. And that's what we watched a movie uh, about a lighthouse, The Lighthouse. We'll hear a whole episode on that soon. But um, there there was someone who fell down some stairs, and I was like, oh, why didn't they have the door closed? You know, because <laughs> I had just seen the video of the inside of this. So I thought that was curious. Oh, yeah. I don't know if it's for security or fire or what that is but there's a door at the top of the stairway which i've never seen like that kind of hatch upwards hatch thing or it's a man just, door okay yeah normal walkthrough door hmm. so today only the tall cement tower equipped with a modern beacon stands as a reminder of the keepers who served on the island for over 100 years hmm. alcatraz was declared a national recreational area in 1972 right after the occupation and made a national historic landmark in 1986 the National Park Service administers Alcatraz Island as a unit of the Golden Gate National Recreation Area. Oh, 
cool. So National Parks runs this. You know what that is, means? Pins and patches. Pins and patches. <laughs> also, it's like, it's the perfect solution because you had the chaos of the occupation. The government's like, okay, we got to do something on Alcatraz. <laughs> okay. National Parks was probably pumped about it. So. Yeah. They the, love lighthouses. Yeah. The Rock today has these cruises like I talked about. Um, they ferry from San Francisco. The boats begin leaving early in the morning, and they are self-guided tours. So they're audio tours you can pick up. Oh, uh, those are the best kind of tours. Yeah. Which makes sense because it's so big. It's, yeah. Karen, uh, as my sister, went on a tour of Alcatraz not long ago. So what? I talked to her about it. She took, took the young boys. They had fun. Um, but it's there are, like, group tours, but you can also go self-guided. Uh-huh. And spend as much of the day as you want. The Again, the lighthouse is not typically available, but... Sometimes people have gotten lucky, they said. Uh-huh. Just someone happens to be going there. At... So you got to coordinate your visit yeah. with Coast Guard maintenance time. Yeah, <laughs> but it's not it's not common. If you are into it, YouTube has some videos, uh, views of the top, what it looks like inside, some conversation. Um, there's also group tours and ghost night tours available. Oh, spectacular. Mm-hmm. What could be a better place to have a ghost tour? Yep. And I have a note here that failed to make it into the rest of my notes. There were several famous people housed as prisoners. I was going to ask if there was any prisoners that were big names or anything. Have you ever heard of Al Capone? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> that's crazy. There's a couple others, but that's the biggest Is anybody name. escaped from here? I know in the movie they said no, but. I don't actually know. Let me look it up. It'd be a crazy swim. Also, the one attempt we talked about didn't go very well. No, it did not. <laughs> Only three people have ever escaped Alcatraz. Yeah. Did they get caught again? Three men. Brothers, John and Clarence Algen and Frank Morris. Oh, at the same time. Might have pulled off what CBS News calls one of the greatest prison escapes in American history. Oh, wow. Check out more on the strangest unsolved mysteries of all time. You know, they've got us hooked. I feel like they died in the water and no one knows. Or they escaped and they, no one knows. Oh. So I'll. Interesting. We can talk about it in the future. I don't want to derail us too, too far because I have. I have told everyone a lot of information. <laughs> I want to go over Alcatraz Island one more time for a history recap. Okay, yeah. Thank you. 1850 to 51, Congress approves funding for eight lighthouses, eight, along California coast in response to the surge in ship traffic for the gold rush. Our history, baby. 1854, Alcatraz Lighthouse turned on for the first time, first lighthouse in California. 1859, the Alcatraz Citadel, a military barracks, is finished on the island just north of the lighthouse. Okay. 1902, the original lens is replaced with a revolving Fresnel lens, mm-hmm. which flashed white every 15 seconds. 1909, lighthouse is rebuilt on a new location, so its operation would not be interfered by the rebuilt 600-cell Citadel military prison. Mm-hmm. 1933, oh my gosh, there's a World War I in front of there. In, in between there. Citadel Military Prison converted for fed, federal penitentiary. 1963, lighthouse is automated. Sad. Penitentiary is closed. 1970, a fire during occupation of the island destroys the keeper's residence and scorches the lighthouse. 1972, just two years later, Alcatraz is declared a national recreation area as a lighthouse. Spectacular. So. You know how much money was spent on rehabilitating this place for people to come visit? No. I wonder. I, wonder I don't know. Like millions. Well, I, I, I'm assuming they built the dock for larger ferries. I'm assuming right. they built some type of ticketing 
had all, to clean up yeah. all that rubble. They had to scrub the lighthouse. Had to yeah. make it functional make it safe. again. Yeah. yeah, make it safe to walk around at least. So, mm, what an awesome lighthouse to cover! Yeah. I would have never thought about that one. Well, well I was uh, so anxious. I just didn't know that Alcatraz had a lighthouse. I uh, know you covered one right over the hill, <laughs> and then I was like, I was like, I gotta get this one done. There's stinking I gotta get this one done. Google icon made me think it was a smokestack. In my defense, they do have a like a there little smokestack on the other side of the island, so maybe that's what's there it is. yeah. That's definitely way. not what they're referring to, but yeah, you know. there it is. Mm-hmm. Clearly, could have been a water tower. Could have been a smokestack. Could have been a lighthouse. I wanted to see. I want to go. That's all I've got for this episode. Is there anything you want to tell the people about? No, the people. I have nothing to say. That's a good one because it has history around the lighthouse. The lighthouse just kind of has to adapt throughout its lifetime to conform to just what's going on in the island. Man, the island is a lot bigger than I thought it was. Isn't that nuts? The lighthouse was there first. Before the prison. Had nothing, this island in the lighthouse had nothing to do with a prison. And then all of a sudden it was just like prison. It was occupations and fire, earthquake, drama, drama, <laughs> drama, drama was Poor off the thing. chain. I just wanted a quiet life as a lighthouse <laughs> on a rock. Yeah. Nope. Now it has 5,000, I think, people a day. There was a YouTube video, another one that I watched with a bunch of idiots who were in their 20s, oh, a bunch no. of dudes. As the one I told you, they got millions of views for going to Alcatraz overnight. Oh, on one of the so ghost much. tours. No, they just went on their own. They got some oh, some way set up, yeah, but just idiots. And they had cameramen with them and a park sky to make sure they didn't vandalize anything. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's a morgue, there's a cell house, there's the warden's house. The there's morgue, crazy. Mm, mm-hmm. well, so... Well, thanks for coming along, everybody. I uh, put in some hours on this one, and I yeah. hope it was entertaining. Very cool one. So. Very good. Loved the all rock. the history. Thanks for making me watch that movie. Did you like it? I half like it, half disturbing. So if it didn't have some of the gory things, would you have liked it? Yeah. 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people getting shot, and he's like screaming at them to stop, and nobody does until everyone's just dead. Mm. Mm-hmm. And it's a shame s- that. It's a shame that. It's a good thing it's a movie. Yeah, and then they're going to execute a hostage. Yeah, but they didn't, luckily. <laughs> Just a warning for everybody out there. Yeah, it's not a, I don't know what it's rated, but. It's not a feel-good I'd movie. call it modern R. I definitely thought he was going to dump his girlfriend. <laughs> no, he loved her. They're getting married. Yeah, they are. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening in to Alcatraz Island, The Rock mm-hmm. on the Lighthouse. We'll have a link in our show notes so you can see pictures of the lighthouse on Instagram. Follow us on LinkedIn. You can check out our website. All of that jazz. We hope you enjoy listening, and we'll catch you next time on The Lighthouse Movie Night.